Hello, everyone. This is Pamela Brewer welcoming you to this edition of 530 here on Transitions Tuesday at Mind Talk. This is the day where we work with our guest, Jim Brown, who shares with us his experience of his diagnosis uh, of mixed dementia, which he received on 530. So clearly still very early uh, in dealing with the impact, really the emotional impact of receiving the definitive diagnosis. Jim, welcome back. Thank you. We should emphasize that 530 refers to May 30th. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, did I say something different? No, you just said 530. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> it's it's young. It's a young diagno young for you diagnosis. Um, although, as you and I have talked, we now think that we may have been seeing evidence of this in years past. How is that thought sinking in for you, or changing, or remaining the same? What do you think? It's changing in the sense that I begin to start to recall situations and, and, and conversations and things that have happened in the past that uh, I felt was never really uh, resolved or never, when I say resolved, I don't mean resolved, resolved, I mean they were never really clarified and, and I think sometimes folks will have left me or I have left people uh, not with a clear understanding of what I was saying or what was going on with me. And it caused me to have some concerns now. But at that moment, it did not because I was not aware that uh, that I was not totally clear with people. Totally clear with them and, and ne not necessarily being totally clear with yourself about what was going on. The, the diagnosis that we're talking about, as many people know who have been following your journey, is one of... Uh, a mixed dementia, more specifically uh, Alzheimer's with a vascular involvement. The vascular involvement piece speaks to blood vessels that have actually shut down in the brain. Once they've shut down, as we are being told today, they're shut down. The treatment of choice, as, as we understand it um, at this point, is baby aspirin. Uh, to make sure that the blood flow in the brain flows well. The Alzheimer's piece, you know, we, we've been talking about it, and certainly when people hear the term Alzheimer's, they think of somebody who is really old, and depending on your age, really old really shifts. But we've also uh, mentioned that there is an early onset uh, Alzheimer's experience, which is certainly a much smaller portion of the uh, dementia spectrum, if you will. Uh, but it is true that there are people who inherit uh, and this is according to the Alzheimer's Association, so I'm quoting from their information. People who inherit uh, rare genes that directly cause Alzheimer's, and those genes are rare, but these people can begin to develop symptoms in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. So one of the things 
uh, that I think you and I agree that's really important is that people recognize that Alzheimer's can uh, actually show up at any time. And if you have any concerns or any thoughts that you're feeling or behaving uh, in ways that seem different, it's really important to check it out much sooner rather than later. What would you say to that, Jim? I, I say that's true. However, we have to not really frighten people off their seats. That's in, true. In terms of understanding that uh, the mere fact that you may forget something doesn't mean that you have Alzheimer's that's or true. dementia. It means that you may just forgot something. I, the normal functioning of the brain is such that it moves constantly. And you cannot... And there's so many thoughts going through your mind at any given time that you, there's no way for you to recall all of them immediately. So I am very comfortable with the fact that that uh, as I as I talk to you now, that I'm 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 focused and I'm aware I'm aware of what I'm saying and what I'm doing and so forth. Tomorrow I may not be, but that's t today I am, and uh, I understand how I think I understand how dementia works. Or how Alzheimer's works, it's uh, it's 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 not a quote unquote thinking process that's going awry. It's a process that has that has you uh, uh, not being able to recall incidents because they will fade away, and as they fade away, you don't uh, you don't you don't you don't you can't get them back immediately. Uh, eventually something may trigger or someone may say something or something you may see something or hear something that triggers a memory that you can uh, recall some some incidents and so forth but you can't always recall all of them but you can recall some of them and and you know alzheimer's is not dementia rather because the the broad the umbrella um issue of, of this, if you will, of the umbrella diagnosis, which is difficult to do, uh, is dementia. So Alzheimer's is a form of dementia. Uh, mixed dementia is another form of dementia. I mean, so there are, there are different forms of dementia. Alzheimer's is not the only form of dementia. Just in terms of the early onset piece, I just want to wrap that up with a little bit more of information. It is very true that people forget things. They may lose speech around some issues for a moment, and it doesn't always mean Alzheimer's. So I really thank you, Jim, for pointing that out. What I would like people to think of, there are all kinds of things that can cause memory loss. But again, memory loss is not the only symptom. However, if you believe or if you want to learn more about all early onset Alzheimer's, there is a 24-7 helpline that is available to you through the Alzheimer's Association. That number is 1-800-272- 3900. That's 1-800-272-3900. If you know that you have been diagnosed uh, as um, someone having early onset uh, Alzheimer's, there are support groups specifically for that. Also at the Alzheimer's Association website is a free online tool which they have called the Alzheimer's Navigator. So there are lots of resources there. But now let's come back to you. You um, are 79, just received this diagnosis after a comprehensive battery of tests. 
I think you were feeling fairly tested out uh, by the time you actually received the diagnosis. It really nobody wants to hear, but so many people are afraid of that they don't really talk about it. As we talk today, it, it's been a few months. You're understanding more. Are there, I know I've asked you this question before, and you and I have actually talked um, offline about this whole experience for you of having this conversation on air for everyone to experience. And I'm wondering, when I ask you questions such as what frightens you or what worries you, I have wondered offline with you if those questions in and of themselves aren't difficult to really respond to. Are they, Jim? Uh, yes and no. And I'd like to, since we, we, we're very close to a break, uh, I want to spend more time on that and talk more about that. So if you can just hold that for a bit and we go to this break, uh, we can. I can talk about that more later. My biggest concern is that... Um, is that I make it clear that uh, I do have thoughts about my longevity. I have thoughts about uh, uh, being able to come to a point where I can uh, remember everything or, or, or not forget everything and not forget anything. And I, I want to come to a point where I can actually respond to any questions that anyone asks me uh, at any point. But I need uh, I need more time to explain what I'm talking about. Okay. So. With that, we're going to take a break, folks. And when we come back, we will talk with Jim a little more about that experience. And then we're going to talk a little bit about some uh, family history information that Jim has very recently received. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Jim, the concerns that you sometimes allow yourself to ponder, you said that you talked about your long, you, you have some concerns about your longevity. Um, and you have some concerns about there coming a time when maybe you won't remember much of uh, anything uh, at all. Um, you know, one of the things about Alzheimer's is that y you can get to a point where you don't recognize the people who have been in your life for years and years. So talk a little bit more, if you would, about that. Uh, it's, it, it's not that I don't recognize people. It's just the certain events I don't remember clearly. What I'm saying, though, is that as the Alzheimer's progresses, there could well become a time when you don't recognize people where you don't remember who they are or having met them or even, you know, daily living kinds of things that you may forget. Do you think about that part of the memory loss issue? I do. I do. And there are times when I meet someone that I've known for like 
oh, uh, say 20 years or so, and I looked him right in the face and uh, not remember exactly what the name is. And uh, that has happened. But it's not that I forgot the person, I just don't remember the, the name of the person. Um, there was an incident where uh, there was a, 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 a police uh, a lieutenant who I met uh, at a funeral a few years ago who I had worked with uh, for years on, on, an, on, a, on a project that I was very proud of. And I could not call the man's name at all. So I had to ask my cousin who he was. And he said, oh, that's so-and-so and so-and-so. I said, okay, yeah, now I remember. But I couldn't call the man's name, and I was so embarrassed. I never did go back and clarify with the man that I had forgot him because I didn't want him to think that I had forgotten him. And that that was that was one situation, but this happened yeah. about three or four years ago, and I remember that because it really touched me that I didn't remember who he was. And, and again, we have to uh, continually make sure that we emphasize that while that experience that you just described may have been a part of your overall dementia diagnosis, because usually people are, are, have uh, you know, experiences and symptoms long before they're diagnosed. It could also have been something else, and that's why it's so important. Again, I know I'm repeating myself, but it's so important to recognize that memory loss in and of itself could be about so many different things. It could be about dementia, but it could be about stress. It could be about fatigue. It could be about worry. I mean, it could be about so many things that while we encourage you not to ignore it, we also encourage you not to make it more than it is until you have gotten some medical uh, information to support whatever is going on one way or another. Speaking of information, Jim, you were telling me about a conversation you had very recently with a family member, and you were talking about your own diagnosis of mixed dementia, and what did your family tell you? Uh, she said, that, oh, you know, um, my mother and a few other people in my family had uh, been diagnosed with dementia also. I said, oh, really? She said, yeah. Uh, and she knew it, and she didn't, um, she was not surprised uh, at all about me. She was not necessarily she was surprised at me, but she was, felt disturbed at the fact that it happened, and she was thinking uh, in her own mind, I hope, I hope it escapes me because it's, it runs in our family, you know. I said, I didn't know that. And she said, yeah, it does. She says, my mother had dementia also, and uh, her mother and, and I are cousins, and we were very, very, very close, but I never knew that she had suffered uh, uh, with Alzheimer's, but then again, that's a few years ago, and I was not as aware, as aware of, uh, uh, of the condition as I am now. But, you know, the other thing that it really brings up, because I know, you know, any medical uh, professional that you would talk to, um, from from what I understand, would ask you, is there a history of dementia in your family? And you always said no, because you always thought no. Right. And that speaks to how really important it is for family members to talk to each other about the family history. Um, 
if you have the gift of having access to family members, you need to talk to each other. Would you echo that? Yes, it is very important because we as a family, and I don't mean we just as an African-American family, but we as a family have a tendency to hide things that we tend to be ashamed of from each other. And we should never do that. We should always uh, expose, especially young people, to whatever problems we, we know that's in the family or that we have so that they can begin to understand. But you should do it uh, with a sense of, of, uh, of, of, uh, of concern and urgency so that they don't fly off the handle and, and leave the situation not understanding clearly what you're talking about. They need to understand, and you need to make sure that they understand. To the best of your ability at the time, explain it to them, especially young people. Well, and y when you say especially young people, w at, at this point, uh, it's not clear to me that we have a sense just as a community of what can prevent Alzheimer's. But we do know that eating healthy, which I know is a really boring topic for many people, but eating healthy, um, exercising, physical exercise, being emotionally and socially engaged in the community and in, in your world are all critically important pieces of behavior that can certainly help you along your way. In fact, even now, Jim, at your age with this diagnosis, your doctors are telling you, make sure you engage with the community. Make sure you talk to people. Make sure you exercise. Make sure you eat healthy food. So, and, and we recently had a guest on who talked about uh, the impact of inflammation in the body on uh, the experience of dementia. So those things are really important. Yes, diet, um, constant com constant conversations with people, uh, experiencing uh, uh, activities and, and, and doing things with people is very important. Uh, it never, ever has been um, a good thing to to just uh, fold up and be alone and not and and, and not be uh, uh, engaged with people. Uh, I'm a person who likes, I like, I like solitude. Yeah, I do. But I can't allow myself to be so alone with myself that I don't involve other people. That's why I make sure I keep my telephone with me closely. Uh, whenever I, someone crosses my mind I want to talk to, I call them. Uh, That's probably something yeah. we could all do a lot better at. Yeah. Uh, because we do think about our friends and think about relatives and friends and so forth often. So you just pick up the phone and talk to them. Uh, anything you say is going to be important to them. Jim, you, as we just talked about, you just learned now in your life at your age that this, uh, this disease has been part of your family history. And you commented on the fact that a lot of times, not just in your family, but in families worldwide, if there is an illness in the family or if there's something that's seen as a disease, there's shame attached to it for reasons that don't make healthy sense, don't make good sense, but we understand that 
there is shame attached. And that shame can keep people keeping secrets that are really so harmful. I, I think part of the problem is that people look at it as a disease. It's not a disease. It's a condition. It's a mind condition. And if you look at it that way, you can think about it more positively and not look at it as a disease because I don't consider it a disease. I think it's a, it's a condition that the mind is in that's, uh, that changes and it deteriorates as you as you as time goes by. So uh, yeah, I, I I do understand. Generally, people understand it as a disease, and they are f they fear it. But I think our conversations around it sh ought to be about it being a condition that the mind is in that can in fact uh, change, and it may or may not change, but look at it as a condition rather than a disease. You know, I mean, that that's certainly an interesting point. Uh, clinicians refer to it as a disease. Um, they talk about preclinical Alzheimer's disease, which is when you don't have any symptoms. And then they go on to talk about lots of different stages. Um, so let me just digress from our conversation for a second and talk about the different stages. Uh, they are, uh, and, and this is from caregiverhomes.com. Uh, stage one of, is considered no impairment. Stage two, very mild cognitive decline. And in that stage, a person with Alzheimer's will experience the typical forgetfulness that people often associate with aging, but it may not be. Um, they forget where they left their car keys, their purse, you name it. Again, it may be the beginning of Alzheimer's. It may not be. The stage three is a mild cognitive decline. So stage two is very mild. Stage three is mild. Early stage dementia. Stage four is moderate cognitive decline. Uh, stay, uh, and, and the moderate cognitive decline includes mid-stage dementia. Stage five moderately severe cognitive decline, six, severe cognitive decline. And in late stage dementia, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. And at that point, uh, the individual is likely to need 24-7 care. Um, and they require assistance with most of their, if not all of their uh, daily living activities. It is considered progressive and it is considered to gradually worsen over a period of four to 20 years. We gotta take a break and we will be right back. The reason that I just very hurriedly went through the seven stages uh, of uh, Alzheimer's disease to end stage Alzheimer's is so that folks know what to look for uh, within themselves and, and with those they care about. 
um, the point is made that, again, it, this is can be a long-term experience. It, it can be particularly difficult if you're traveling with somebody who has Alzheimer's uh, for really obvious reasons, such as the daily living things, you know, toileting, um, self-care, um, getting lost. So this is said really to let caregivers know that there are things to look for just to be aware of, to be mindful of, as you are, it makes the experience easier. Not easy, but easier to deal with. Jim, I know we are up against the clock at this point. Um, I do want to share some uh, resources with folks. Uh, do I have the time to do that? Yes. You're going to give me that time? I will give it to you. Thank you very much. You got it. <laughs> okay. Um, you, you've heard me quote today uh, from uh, the Alzheimer's Association. ALZ.org is a resource that you can uh, access. AARP.org, uh, of, course, uh, of course, is uh, one that we are all aware of, but they have a great deal of information. Uh, WebMD.com has a great deal of information. A place for mom is another valuable resource, not just for moms, but it is called aplaceformom.com, and I really encourage you to take a look at uh, that site as well. Jim, I once again have to say I thank you so much for taking us along your journey. I know it is not easy to talk about. It's not easy to live, but you're doing it, and that is a really important piece. Is it, there anything that you would like to say before we close out today's conversation? Uh, no, I, I think there's more things that we need to probably uh, discuss with people so that people don't leave uh, confused about this condition, that it's something that, uh, that happens, it's progressive, it, it changes from time to time, and it will become a time when... Uh, when things will shut down, I believe that. Uh, I fear that, and I believe that there's a time when, uh, when uh, I don't know if I will know when that time is coming. I don't know, but I do know that I'm constantly uh, trying to make sure that I'm aware of who I am, where I am, and what I am, and trying to stay present as much as possible, uh, and remember that people with the condition. It, uh, really have uh, that ability to to maintain their own presence and 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 be aware of uh, of what's going on around them, and you you need to honor that and don't just rule them out and rule them off, and 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 think that they don't know what's going on with them. Uh, there's a young man that I talked to last just last night who has a very serious condition also, and he is was off into uh, uh, looking at uh, 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 a 30-year um, event that has been going on with him for 30 years, and he was going to celebrate last night. And it had to do with, um, with something about the Cuban invasion or, or something of that sort, but he was very, very sure that... Uh, that event was something that gave him the kind of energy to maintain his life, to keep on going, to keep going, because he, he in, in doing so, he would interact with people that he interacted with 30 years ago. That gave him the energy to, um, to, 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 to continue his, the work that he was, 
he was involved in. And I was very touched by the fact that he was able to to just relate to me some of the things that uh, that he experienced 30 years ago. Okay. The need to be in the moment, um, mindfulness is something that you've heard me talk about in the past here on Mind Talk. The need to enjoy the moments that you enjoy are absolutely critical every moment of every day as best you can. And with that, I thank you for joining us on this edition of Mind Talk. Mind Talk continues to be produced by Jim Brown at 26 by 2 Communications. If you would like to be in touch with me directly, that's Pamela, P-A-M-E-L-A at Mind Talk, M-Y-N-D-T-A-L-K dot O-R-G. You can reach Jim at Jim, J-I-M, at MindTalk, again, M-Y-N-D-T-A-L-K dot O-R-G. Uh, that's Jim at MindTalk dot org. If you have thoughts or experiences that you would like to share, by all means, send an email to me, Pamela. MindTalk is available to you on demand 24-7 by going to mindtalk.org. And we are available on several other platforms. If there's one that you listen to that we're not on, let us know. We'll do our best to make it happen. And remember, always, always, if it's unacceptable, then it's unacceptable. Thanks again for listening, folks. You take care. See you next time.